1: Hello, everybody. Welcome in. It is the Thursday edition of the Drive. A beautiful, I mean, it is a just a gorgeous spring-like day. Not terribly hot. I mean, it's a little humid, but it is. I mean, it's uh, we're coming up on Memorial Day weekend, so a gorgeous day. Hope everybody doing well. Not the uh, not the greatest news from from baseball since we last spoke to you. Auburn has been eliminated from the SCC baseball tournament uh, last night, dropping. Six to four to Vandy and seven four to Alabama today we'll talk about that, I'm sure in great detail, and uh, we'd love to hear from you anything on your mind, sports wise, Bill and drew here in the studio, Dan not feeling his best, but hey, what a trooper he's skyping in from the homestead Dan, how you feeling, man? He's not, he's, oh, oh, I thought we had him. I thought I heard him a minute ago. he said he didn't hear anything on oh. Okay, because I heard him going, hmm, 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 when we came on. So, uh, we'll check back in with, we'll check back in with Dan here momentarily. Uh, we'll go ahead and take care of some business. Our number one of the drive brought to you by our friends at Kia of Auburn on South College and KiaofAuburn.com. Kia of Auburn, where you're always number one. And they're also the sponsor of our hotline. That's one of the ways you can get through to us here on the drive by uh, calling the Kia of Auburn hotline and that number is 334 321 1390. You can also uh text us and the Drive text box brought to you by Southeastern Industrial Contractors. Uh that number is 334 564 1890. So yes, the uh the SEC baseball tournament continuing up at the uh, at the Hoover Met. And uh, now I mean this one today is actually moving. it's playing ahead of time ahead of schedule because the opening game today um Texas A&M continuing to play really well shuts out South Carolina 5 to nothing that ball game ended before um 12 uh, well it ended yeah it ended before noon so Auburn and Alabama able to start a little earlier than the one o'clock projected start. Uh, and Alabama got off to a quick start, never trailed um, a homer by a sidle in the first inning gave, uh, gave Alabama the lead. Auburn was able to come back and tie it in the second, but what happened in the second inning, a little bit uh, of a foreboding of what was going to happen uh, in the game is as, as Auburn, left the bases loaded after tying the game at 1. Alabama retook the lead in the 3rd, added 3 in the 4th. Uh Auburn cut uh, cut the lead to 5 to 3 with 2 in the 6th, but another thing that sadly uh, reminiscent of of uh some of the some of the way that uh, things that were going on for Auburn when they were struggling, unable to put a zero up on the uh on the scoreboard after scoring runs. And Alabama answered with two more, made it 7-3. Auburn did score a run. and As a matter of fact, had the tying run at the plate. They had two on with one out. But Justin Kirby struck out, and um, Cooper McMurray popped up to end the ball game. So uh, Auburn falls 7-4, and now they await news, hopefully Sunday night. Because Sunday night is when the NCAA will announce the 16 regional hosts. And Auburn today was projected by D1 Baseball to be the number 10 seed and obviously be hosting a regional. Alabama was the number 11 seed on today's projections. So Auburn will be uh, will be waiting and hoping they hear their name Sunday night. And then Monday uh, at 11 o'clock, the entire field will be announced. Alabama moves on, and I guess they can sort of take the, um, they can take that uh, title away from Auburn as the hottest team in the SEC right now. Because Alabama had won seven of eight coming in. Auburn had won eight straight. Alabama's now won two out of three, and Auburn has lost two of three and lost their last two. So uh, so Auburn um, will wait with a record of 34-21 and 1, Alabama moves on with a record of 40 and 18. I think we have Dan yeah. now. Yeah, hey 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 Dan, how you feeling, man? Hey, I'm 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 hanging in there, Bill.
2: Didn't want to uh, you know, with with different things going on at the station, didn't want to I'm getting a little bit of an echo there Drew. Um, yeah, didn't want to uh subject anybody uh to my germs on the off chance that I am sick, uh but still wanted to uh to do the show. And exciting time. I mean, it seems like Auburn baseball is in a pretty good position headed into Sunday despite the loss today
1: yeah I mean like like I said I mean uh, D1 baseball having them projected as the number 10 overall national seed so you would think that that playing the number 11 seed and losing to them shouldn't drop you out of the top 16
2: no and and that's um, you know remains to be seen how many SEC teams will be selected seems like eight could be a uh, could be a good number if Auburn and Alabama have both played their way uh, into the into the top sixteen. Uh, but yeah, Auburn has Auburn has done uh, you know they, they've 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 really done well the second half of the season and they they should get some good news on Sunday night.
1: Yeah, as a matter of fact, D one baseball has eight SEC teams hosting and yeah. that would be a record. There have been seven a couple of times, but uh, you know we'll see we'll see in the committee you know may 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 try to keep it from seeming as lopsided as that but i believe uh there were 10 sec teams projected for the field today by d1 baseball eight uh, eight hosts and then um i believe tennessee and a&m are the other two uh, yeah. schools not
2: projected to host tennessee based on d1 baseball had tennessee as the 2 seed in indiana state's regional and they right. had a&m going to uh, I forget where they sent uh, Texas A and I, I, wa- I want to say it was an, an Oklahoma school or a a Texas school. I think maybe. it was Has Texas. The, yeah.
1: At least that's that's Oh no! You things. know what? It was it was
2: Boston. They, Boston College huh. is the one seed. They got A and M as the three. Yeah, I in, the, in the Boston regional. So.
1: Well, A and M still playing though, and and yep. the the other thing is South Carolina. I think was the fifteen seed, and of course they got shut out today. By A and M, yep. so that that may that may hurt South Carolina. South Carolina is a team that is probably the SEC team that is the most yep. nervous about, you know, being a regional uh, hosting a regional. Yeah, I
2: mean, without knowing exactly uh, what what the committee is is going to uh, prioritize, um, I, I would think the way South Carolina played down the stretch would uh, have them a little bit nervous about whether or not they're going to be selected. Also. I think the fact that Coastal Carolina seems very solidly like a regional host could uh, you know, that, that could hurt South Carolina, too, because it would be very easy for the committee to just send South Carolina as the two-seed to the Conway Regional against Coastal Carolina.
1: Yeah, so uh, a, a lot that everybody will be keeping their eyes on. Of course, play continues. A couple of more games on tap today. LSU and Arkansas will get started in about 20 minutes. There in the uh, first game of the winners bracket, and I mean it's it's not uh, not a shock. I mean you look and the the teams in the winners bracket are the top four seeds that all had first round buys. Uh, LSU, Arkansas are the two three seeds, and Florida and Vandy are the one and four seeds.
2: Right, and that's where I mean it's the the SEC w- would appear to have. I mean it's the strongest conference going into the postseason by by a long shot. You mentioned the the idea that you could have. Eight SEC teams in the top 16 is is I mean that that's that's so lopsided, but there there are the, the individual teams at the top Florida, Vanderbilt, LSU. I mean they they look to be as real national championship contenders as just about anybody in the field. So yeah, it feels like when we were saying this earlier in the season, Bill. I mean this has felt like a season where the national champion is going to come out of the SEC, and I don't want to sell. I don't want to sell uh, Wake Forest or Clemson or Dallas Baptist or any of the other, you know, contenders outside of the uh, Coastal Carolina, like any, any of the other real contenders outside of the SEC. But when you've got so many real contenders from the league, it just feels like this is a year where somebody from the SEC is bringing down the hardware.
1: Well, I mean... Why not? The SCC's right. won SEC's won the last three. Three different SEC teams have won the last three and the last two that have won didn't even make the SCC tournament this year. Uh the SEC's won three straight, four out of five, eight out of the last thirteen national titles in baseball. So it would it would really be more of a surprise if an SEC team doesn't win the World Series. Right.
2: And and then this year, like you said, there's there's no Ole Miss, there's no Mississippi State. Vanderbilt, who has one of those championships, they're back. Uh, but a lot of other SEC teams looking to get to uh, to Omaha and, and maybe even win the College World Series.
1: Yep. So uh, uh, so that's where we stand with the SEC baseball tournament and, and SEC. Uh Auburn, you know, Auburn will now come home. This is a situation where I mean, one of the things the the SEC baseball tournament. We talked about it a little yesterday, and and I don't disagree with you at all the double elimination just makes it makes it uh where you have to have so many pitchers and auburn of course already was down you know that they were just getting trying to get tommy vale back he'd been under the weather um, you've got uh, herbert holtz out he was he was hoping to be available by this weekend it's probably not the worst situation for auburn if they still are able to be a regional host That uh, that they are able to save him and try to have him as close to 100 percent by the time the regional gets started next week.
2: And and how about um? I mean, you might have talked about this while I was having my trouble connecting, Bill. But how about Bryson Ware? I mean, really is just a, I mean, it's a a remarkable achievement for a guy who, you know, his teammates, including Justin Kirby, who we talk about on you know we talk to on Mondays, talk about how hardworking the guy is and the way he's dedicated himself uh, to getting better. And now he, he gets to say that he's hit more home runs in a single season than any Auburn
1: player ever. Yeah, that's, and that's pretty impressive. The record previously held by Hunter Morris, who ironically was there today watching. Did you realize that?
2: Oh, he, well, Hunter was uh, he, Hunter's. He, Hunter, he was there in an Alabama. That
1: example. is exactly right. That is exactly right. So he got to see he got to see his record be broken uh, today in person. But he's probably not broken hearted and, either. His team won, and they're advancing.
2: And our our buddy on uh, our, our buddy Sonny DeShera, who uh, we talked to all season long last year, uh, Sonny writing on social media about the achievement uh, from Bryce and saying it couldn't have happened to a harder worker or a better person. So it's uh, yeah, very very cool. Uh, to see the achievement from
1: uh, from from Bryson Ware, yeah, Bryson doing it by homering in each of the three games that Auburn played up at the Hoover Met. Yes, yeah, uh, um, you know, Auburn. One of Auburn's problems today, Dan, is uh, they they ran into that uh, bugaboo of leaving men on base. You look at it; Auburn got out hit fourteen to seven, but they only walked one. Yesterday seemed more like uh, some of the problems that Auburn had six weeks ago when they walked eight i believe auburn only walked one that is right auburn only walked one batter today alabama left eight on base scored seven runs auburn left 11 on base scoring their four runs so that's that was the difference alabama hit a little better with uh with with men on base than auburn did and auburn was unable to stop alabama after auburn cut it to two they allowed Alabama to come right back and score two more and, and basically stretch it out a little too much.
2: And, and so now Auburn waiting to see what happens on Sunday along with the rest of the teams in the SEC. Looking like we could have postseason baseball. Got to delay the construction a little bit. That is right. Got, Park. Got to put it on okay hold.
1: With it. Right. Put it on hold. It, it looks like at least for another week. So, uh, uh, so yeah, we, we'll find out. We'll find out on Sunday whether Auburn's hosting, and we'll see the whole field on Monday expect at least um i I think at least nine SEC I would think there's going to be 10 teams i think I think all 10 that were there projected by d1 baseball because the 10th team was A and m and they're still playing they're still winning.
2: Yeah no, I mean I think that there's uh, there, there doesn't appear to be much of an SEC presence on the bubble. Like there, you've got you've got A and M who looks to be solidly in, uh, and and then you've got the teams that were in the mix for. I mean, Tennessee's a two seed and and one of the top two seeds on the board. Eight SEC teams potentially hosting. Don't really see much of a way. I mean, Missouri after after losing the last four games of the season all to Auburn. uh, You know, I I don't really see a. Yeah, I, I think they they had a chance with. Uh, you know with, with an inspired performance against auburn, but that's it 's not going to happen for them
1: no nah, their their latest r p i was forty eight um texas a and m should be in the top thirty in r p i yeah. after that went over south carolina yeah. today
2: yeah a and m um i don't think they'll be able to get maybe they can get to the two line. Like may, maybe A and M could be maybe. Uh, w- one of the last two seeds, but I could see A and M as one of the top three seeds. Yeah, that's that's the, exactly in the, in the right. that's week. dangerous.
1: That's going to be scary for somebody mm-hmm. when they look and see an A and M team that's playing the way they are right well, now.
2: Well, coming the, in as
1: the three as the three, yeah, yeah.
2: I mean, I mean to have to have you know whoever else you could have potentially in your field, and then to also have a Texas A and M team that's way more talented than your average three seed hanging out there in your regional. You're absolutely right. I I don't think so. You know when. When we were talking about Auburn as a two seed you know it 's like whoever gets Auburn in their regional is not going to be thrilled about it. Now, I would say Tennessee and a and m are those teams just because they 're the two SEC teams not hosting and a and m as a three would be a uh, yeah that, that's a that 's a really scary proposition for somebody
1: no question about it all right we 're just getting underway here on the Thursday drive. Bill and Dan, Drew at the controls, 334-321-1390. Anything you want to talk about, come on in and join us here on The Drive.
0: Now, more of The Drive. The Drive with Bill Cameron and Dan Peck on ESPN 1067 and online at ESPNAU.com. To be a part of The Drive, call 334-321-1390, toll free at 888-382-7502, or email The Drive at ESPNAU.com. Welcome back into the Thursday
1: Drive. Bill, here in the studio, Dan Skyping in, Drew at the controls. As Dan, a little under the weather, but uh, but but hanging in there today. Uh, some of the post game comments, and and, and I, I I hope they they post some of these a little while. Just uh, um, re- he- hearing and then reading some of the comments from Butch Thompson after the game. I mean, he talked about you know wanting to really win the SEC tournament, but it's okay uh, it's okay to fail. Uh, he didn't really want to blame too much on the lack of sleep. A couple of the players talked about it, said they were dragging today and and i know the guys on the line were talking about this i don't know what you can do about it you want to reward the winning you want to reward the teams that have won by putting them in prime time playing them in the evening but it's tough when you play you play a game until well after midnight don't get back to your hotel get in the bed until well after one o'clock and then have to be back out at the field you know mid-morning Getting ready, uh, you know, for for that next ball game.
2: Oh no! Tournament baseball is—I mean, it can be very grueling, and so I mean, I, I, it's another reason why I would think that maybe the double elimination format has run its course. Uh, but it's a—you're right—it's—it's a—I mean, some of the some of the times that teams are called to uh, to action are—it's—it's got to be tough for for guys who played the night before. Uh, to turn around and and quickly play a a relatively early game the next day.
1: Yeah, I mean, it's bad enough when you're playing times that would be more fitting for uh, major league teams who are flying Mm cross-country and playing three hours before or after they're normally doing because you're starting at 9.30 in the morning and you're ending at 1 o'clock or so in the morning, so you're not playing at the times you play all season long. But anyway... I thought it was interesting that uh, Butch said he's going to give the uh, Tigers a couple of days off, including a trip to Lake Martin. He said, uh, we've done it for the last two World Series trips. I've already got the ice cream boat, stuff like that showing up <laughs> at the dock. He said, "So we're, we'll do that to show great care and try to reconnect and try to sharpen some baseball stuff to get their minds back right.
2: Probably won't be, uh, probably won't be the only guys up at Lake Martin this weekend. Uh, no, they, uh, no. If, there if there may decide. be a few
1: other folks that decide, oh, this is a good time. Uh, since there's an extra day off for a lot of people,
2: yeah, and, and relatively mild weather, you know, it seems like not going to be overwhelmingly hot, but no, still pretty pretty nice out. You know, I think it's uh, yeah, hopefully everybody. I know we're not doing a show Monday. Hopefully everybody enjoys their uh, uh, their Memorial Day uh, weekend and uh, you know has a, a happy, healthy, and and safe one. But yeah, it should be a lot of fun for, for for the baseball team. They've earned a break after after the way they've played uh, these these last few weekends.
1: Oh yeah, yeah, a reward really for the way that. That they have come down the stretch, and and yeah, they, they need a bit of a break, just sort of to, to recharge, and hopefully able to then just come back to you know back to the home park and, and host again. The uh, the 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 16 national seeds regional hosts going to be announced on social media Sunday night, and then the uh, then ESPN two with the full 64 team field on mm. Monday at 11.
2: Now, now, Bill, I, I want to pivot if we can. We got the Destin meetings coming up, and, yep. and that leads to leads leads uh, to I, one I want, of our favorite one of our favorite topics. You you,
1: you, you want to talk about scheduling? Because that's exactly what I wanted to get to. What, Wait, what, what did you have in your mind?
2: Well, well, no, I mean, I'm I'm wondering what they're going to end up doing. I think we have our preferred methods, but I'm you know I'm I'm a little more.
1: I I think. Yeah, there, yeah, what I do think, you think, Bill? I think that there has been much more pushback. I think I think if we were going to go to a nine game schedule. We would know it by now. Mm. I I think that great. You know, Greg Sankey said he wanted this out before the SEC meetings, which start next week.
2: And it was um, it was Michael Michael Casagrande wrote wrote something for ale dot com today about uh, you know some of the the different proposals on the board, and you know if they stick, if they stick with eight games, Bill,
1: ah, uh, it's gonna stink.
2: If they stick with eight conference games, when they bring in Oklahoma and Tennessee, I mean, not only I mean, it'll stink for a variety of reasons, but, like, I mean, are are we really talking about Auburn-Georgia going to every other year? Yep, you Uh, are. Alabama-Tennessee. Alabama-Tennessee going to every other year? Right. One one permanent rival and then uh, rotation with the other seven teams on your schedule from the conference?
1: Yeah, at least you'll still get to see everybody everywhere twice in four years, but it's going to be only one team that you see every year. I mean – yeah, I, I really felt it was it was going in the three six uh, fashion until it seemed like the the thing that changed everything was Nick Saban, and that's and and he is the guy that can change the direction. When he said uh, that that he wasn't crazy about being stuck with with Auburn, Tennessee, and LSU, who they've been playing every year and winning national championships. Um, that seemed to really gain the momentum because you already had the teams that wanted to stay with eight games because they're they're hoping of becoming bowl eligible. But I really felt that ESPN, with all the money that mm. they have invested in the SEC, they would want more of these yeah. yearly matchups.
2: You know, and and I want as a as a fan and somebody who enjoys uh, competitive football and and doesn't like watching mismatches between you know hapless group of 5 programs or fcs programs that are totally overmatched i agree with something nick saban said a decade ago which is quoted in the in the al.com article i think everyone in the sec should be playing nine conference games and a 10th game against a power 5 opponent
1: yeah it's like interesting isn't it that's, now
2: that's that's how every but but conference wide that's how it should be you know and and that's you know, I think I think you get the fans their money's worth when
1: you do that. It's interesting that yes, it was Nick Saban saying that and really pushing for a nine-game conference schedule. Now he doesn't want it. He doesn't want the nine game conference schedule. Um, you know, now that, now that there is a real challenge for him and with Georgia, yeah. it seemed like when Alabama was the king, yeah, sure, everybody should play nine conference games. He wasn't, he didn't appear worried. Maybe now that he's getting a little closer to the end, you know, he wants another title and, uh, uh, and, and and doesn't want to be challenged as much. I, well, I, I don't know. And, and, That's well, what it appears. Yeah, I don't want to. Yeah, I don't
2: want to put words in Nick Saban's mouth.
1: Let me, let me ask you this though. Uh, I'm just. I'm just. Do, do you think, regurgitating well, yeah, words. some words? We're we're talking about words that he has said. Right.
2: We're spe, we're, spe, we're speculating on, on how he feels. You know, now versus then. How about this, Bill? Do you think maybe Nick Saban's objection to playing Auburn, Tennessee, and LSU has to do with the three permanent opponents that Georgia could draw, and maybe those teams not being as good? As LSU, Tennessee, and Auburn. Well, I, I don't know. Two
1: of the three wonder. are the same,
2: and the other one's Florida.
1: Yeah, right? yeah. So I mean, all it takes is Florida. <laughs> if Florida just gets better, then yeah. But you're probably right. I hadn't really thought about that, but that that does make a lot of sense.
2: I mean, I just wonder. I mean, I mean, it, it and, might and have fact,
1: to do. And the fact that that Auburn across the state, even you know, Auburn Auburn has been able to beat Alabama as much or more than, than most teams, even though they haven't been challenging on a regular basis for the SEC West or for SEC but, titles. But Auburn's three, if, they, if, they're, if, they're, if they're Alabama, Georgia, and Vandy, oh, I can see where Nick Saban's not happy yeah, at all.
2: Certainly, and, and, and I just think with, with Georgia's success these last few seasons, Bill, like maybe, I mean, Nick Saban's not going to come out and say, Alabama's getting a tougher draw than Georgia, but he is going to come out and say, "I don't agree to this, and I don't like the, you know, the way." I, I just, I wonder if it's if it's about Georgia getting what would appear to be a more favorable draw
1: than oh, Alabama. Gee. Alabama's that- never gotten a more favorable draw than anybody else. Poor, poor Alabama. Yeah, no. It's now it's it's a little bit greystone esque Oh, absolutely. Absolutely.
2: <laughs> but no, but it's but it's absolutely like I I just wonder if because because you know he. I mean, Nick Saban himself said it a decade ago, right? That was, that was he
1: reiter, he reiterated it. Uh, I, I think it was eight, twenty eighteen. I think yeah. five years ago, he reiterated that we need to be playing nine conference games and a power five opponent.
2: And I and I thought he was right. I thought he was right then. I, I still think he's right. Like, I think that would be the best thing forward, uh, the best way forward uh, for the conference. But apparently between the between the co- the programs that are desperate to get to six wins and think that a tougher schedule is going to block that and, and maybe a national championship contender or two worrying about whether or not their rivals are getting a more favorable draw than they are, I, I wonder if it's going to be uh, – if they're not going to have
1: the votes. Uh, I'm – I'm concerned that that is going to be the case because, like I said, I I really felt that it would be out before Memorial Day. I mean, there's still time before Memorial Day, but I thought we'd know it by now. We need to get to our bottom of the hour break. What do you think? Do you prefer the 3-6 for a nine-game conference schedule or one permanent opponent and eight conference games? Come on in and join us here on the Thursday Drive.
0: back to the drive the drive with bill cameron and dan peck on espn 1067 and online at espnau.com to be a part of the drive call 334-321-1390 toll free at 888-382-7502 or email the drive at espnau.com welcome
1: back into the drive here on this thursday afternoon Bill and Dan with Drew at the controls. And let's get to the Kia of Auburn hotline. And John is up first. Hey, John.
3: Hey, good afternoon. Uh, How would that not be a slam dunk? The 6-3 scheduling uh, pod system for everybody involved. The fans, the athletes, uh, the TV. Uh, right. Uh,
1: that seems like a win-win for everybody. Fans. I I think you're going to hear quite a bit of complaining from fans. If it, if it goes that one eight and you lose some of these huge rivalries, I mean, ESPN, I'm sure can't be thrilled with this, John, that they'd be losing, you know, the, the annual Alabama LSU or Auburn, Georgia. I mean, things that, that they, they count on every year. I think, but but you're right. I think fans are going to be very upset, and yeah, um, it's it's just something that that I thought I thought that the the powers and the commissioner would be able to convince the the schools that were really concerned about getting to six wins. But I think when they've got Nick Saban on their side, it makes it it makes it a whole lot tougher. Well,
3: that doesn't sound like a, a money trumps uh, Nick Saban's uh, voice, and I don't see. Where Nick Saban, like I said, he's on record for advocating for nine conference uh, games plus a another big time uh, out of conference game. So right. I, I just don't see where Nick Saban alone could uh, could uh, stop that train from coming down the tracks. Because, like I said, it, it's a no brainer. It appears to me. Well, it seems like
2: you know, aside from how Alabama might feel about it, you know, we've wondered if. You know, would would a nine conference game, three out of conference schedule make it tougher for some programs to get to six wins? And could there be opposition from the bottom of the league to making the schedules tougher for everybody? Because then, you know, it, it there there could be some programs that prefer the collecting four relatively easy out of conference wins and improving their bull their 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 chances of bowl eligibility uh, that way. It's not a good reason to oppose this, but I wonder if some folks uh at the uh, at the bottom end of the league uh, might might be uh, taking
3: that point of view. And the T V money that they already were collecting or will collect, uh that was E S P N and uh they balked at the six three, I was like, Well hold up, that was part of our that was part of our uh, you know, contractual agreement. Uh we were gonna have these games. Uh, you know, collect more uh, advertising revenue to pay the schools. I mean,
1: just think, I mean, I know they haven't been playing every year, but that means you couldn't have Texas-Oklahoma and Texas-Texas-A&M every year.
3: And plus, you know, Alabama and Auburn have been playing these people for decades anyway, the same schedule. Oh, yeah, that's right. It hasn't been a problem. (laughs) And, you know, everybody's uh, laughed at Auburn because we've had the hardest schedule for the past 20 years playing Georgia and, and Alabama every year. And it's been but for the last like,
1: 40 oh. years, really, because remember, it used to be Amen Corner, but uh, yeah, yeah, but we'll now but now, now that the shoe's on the other foot, they don't like the way that it fits mm-hmm. or, uh, or or the way that it walks or whatever, and the other argument that I've heard is, well, it's going to be tougher to make the playoffs. No, no, it's not. Not with expansion of the playoffs from 4 mm-hmm. to 12.
3: Exactly. I've got uh, one question for you. I don't know why my brain started thinking about this, but as far as the the uh NCA baseball tournament is yeah. it in the, as far as the field of 16 was well, seeds 1 through 16
4: mm-hmm. what
3: happens if the 16 team host loses and the one seed host team loses do they reseed or does the Mm-mm. no no no, no, uh, no
1: the team the teams from the either the highest seed or the yeah the generally the highest seed left from those two regionals those two regions are still going the brackets already drawn up So it'd just be like the basketball tournament. You know, just because uh, a one seed loses, that doesn't mean that the five seed or whatever from that regional doesn't continue. So it's just like the basketball brackets.
3: Well, that's what I'm saying, but the one team has got the host spot.
1: Yeah, yeah, but, I mean, what they do is they take the the highest seeded team that is left. I mean, if they're both two seeds, the higher two seed (sighs) Would would well, no, so hold get the on, host, Bill? Bill but I think, I think
2: Bill, I think John's question is so like suppose for a second the three seed wins the regional hosted by the number one seed overall, right? Um, would the three seed because they won no. the one seed's regional, they're not automatically hosting? No, no they the, Okay, so so it would be between the two seeds, whoever was higher in the overall draw, yeah, yeah. would so, probably be the would would be the one determined to host. Sure, and that's in, that's in that how
1: region. that's how sometimes uh, teams that are not su- uh, one of the top eight national seeds, you see it all the time. That other seeds that were between nine and sixteen that win their regional, if the one seed on the other side loses, then that uh, nine through sixteen seed gets to host. So it would be it would go on down, you know, two, three, and four. In those seeds, uh, how how they were seeded as to who would get to host the super regional.
3: All right, uh, I hate to see Auburn go down today, but that's kind of what I was expecting, unfortunately. But uh, it's been a been a good run, and I I hope we, uh, like I said, I hope we get a host.
1: Oh yeah, yeah. I mean, hey, I, I I was so tired after just watching most of it. I didn't I didn't stay awake for all of it. I mean, I nodded off and then woke back up last night just. Thinking about it now, I guess they didn't have to get up the same time I did this morning, but um yeah i'm I'm sure they were dragging a little bit that that'll that'll wear you
3: out and Alabama um, has looked like a machine the past two or three days i've been watching hey, they're look-
1: pitching their pitching is outstanding and they the you know Auburn's, Auburn's hitting has been solid all year for the most part. It's really come on down the stretch. Alabama's pitching has been really good. They've hit the ball better down the stretch. They look really good. You're absolutely right. I mean, uh, I, I, I actually turned away from that Florida game yesterday thinking Alabama had it won and, um, and, and then, then saw the, uh, you know, the uproar. Yeah. Uh,
3: that, that, <laughs> that, that was a brutal football. loss. I almost felt sorry for him. <laughs> uh, was, al- almost. <laughs> almost <laughs> yeah. but yeah that was a brutal loss i felt their pain
1: it was and it was it was uh, i think it said a lot the way they bounced back today so
3: all right i appreciate it you have a good afternoon
1: appreciate it john thanks for the call 334 321 1390 yeah so it's uh, uh, it is interesting i mean you'll see um you'll you'll see teams that aren't top 8 national seeds get the opportunity everything everything just doesn't doesn't go chalk in in baseball either uh, but it would be like we said a while ago. It would be really surprising if there aren't at least three SEC teams in Omaha.
2: Oh, certainly. Like right, right now, it looks like uh, the SEC is is in a real position of strength going into the uh, you know going into the final weekend before uh, the the uh, the field is unveiled.
1: We were talking, uh in, in case you're just joining us, uh, obviously we're, we're catching up on the SEC baseball tournament. Which, by the way, LSU scored in the top of the first. Arkansas coming to bat. Hey, who determines? All right, so so I understand how the regionals and super regionals are hosted. How how was the home team today determined? Could you figure that one out? Both no, Auburn, I... both Auburn and Alabama mm-hmm. had. Where the home team on day one, they were the visiting team on day two. Auburn was the higher seed, yet Alabama was the home team. Not that that was the difference, but I, I was surprised when I saw that Alabama was the home team today. Yeah,
2: there has to be a um, there has to be a method for determining you know who, who the home team is uh, in in SEC tournament play. I remember reading something about um, there's like there there's do they get to a coin flip? or is there, may, they use, may have. Do they use I mean, the schedule? They, they use well, like, if they
1: used the schedule, it was the it was equal for both, and Auburn was the higher seed. So it must have been something like a coin flip. Or, or maybe the SEC just conceded, look, Birmingham's an Alabama town, so Alabama gets to be the home team.
2: Okay, so I'm reading an article <laughs> from last year where some folks in Tennessee were wondering why Tennessee was the away team. In the uh, in the semifinals last season,
1: uh-huh. must and they have been go, a similar thing. Yes, they,
2: yeah, they go through some of the tiebreakers. How about this one? The team that has been the home team the least amount of games, right? They get is, to be the is, home is the team. Home, is yeah. the home team? I
1: knew that. That's why I thought. Well, it was the same because each had been home and away. Maybe they go to
2: coin flip after that. Maybe there's another tiebreaker. Maybe if it's after, even after that. Yeah, if, if it's even, I don't know what the next tiebreaker. Uh, would be, uh, but but there there has to be a method to figuring it out, and I guess they, um, you know, I guess they had to work their way down the line to find uh, the, uh, the the appropriate tiebreakers.
1: Yeah, that was that was just uh, something somebody asked me that earlier today, and I didn't have an answer for them because it didn't make sense. I said, uh, you know, if if you seems like uh, I would I would propose to the SEC that what they could do from now on is after you go through the team that's been the home team the least. The next thing you would do is, is, if everything is even, you let the higher team, the higher seeded team, be the home team, and, and and that would solve that. Then you wouldn't have to worry about coin flips. You know that seems like uh, we're we're promoting gambling, Southeastern Conference.
2: Well, I mean, it's, could have gone What paper? What about? Well, you want to do like a home run? derby? Paper and, rock
1: scissors? Yeah.
2: Home, home run home run derby for it or something? Yeah, we'll figure out figure out some way of uh, or they could. You know, I think, yeah, you know what? The SEC's got to be real careful about promoting uh, gambling
1: yeah, in baseball. Yeah, I would think. Esme- <laughs> especially now. Yeah. <laughs> although, although, uh, although Alabama has played a whole lot better since that story broke. Hey,
2: hey we didn't talk about those numbers, but... The the NCAA has done some research on how much gambling Ooh, is Oh yeah, on. let's talk about those. On college. I, I, yeah. We we need <laughs> to get to our
1: final break. Dan heads Dan yesterday was telling me some of the numbers before we came on the air and this is this is really interesting. <laughs> Stick with us. As a matter of fact, join us if you'd like. 334 321 1390 as we continue here on the Thursday Drive.
0: Live on The Drive. (laughs) The Drive with Bill Cameron and Dan Peck on ESPN 1067 and online at ESPNAU.com. To be a part of The Drive, call 334-321-1390, toll free at 888-382-7502, or email us at thedrive at ESPNAU.com.
1: Welcome back in. Final segment of our number one here on the Thursday Drive. Bill here in the studio. Dan Skyping in from the house because he's a little <laughs> under the weather. Uh, I, I hope it's not because of, uh, your, your friend, uh, I, I guess our studio pet that you saw yesterday because, uh, because he's no more. Oh, uh, no. Di- well, during the break, during the break, I thought, is that a breeze? And it's like, no, it's crawling on my leg. So, uh, it's, <laughs> it's the little spider, the itsy bitsy spider. Ain't gonna be crawling up anything anymore. He,
2: yeah, he, he's 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 climbed his last spout.
1: Yeah, right, well, he on. thought that thought my leg was a spout. It was not, and he's he's out. And
2: down came the rain. Yeah, down, down came, came
1: the, the hand, and 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 wiped the spider out.
2: All right, so so we were talking about the um, uh, the NCAA uh, did, did a survey.
1: Yeah, um, uh,
2: about about the prevalence of gambling on college campuses in the aftermath of you know some of the legalization that we've seen in the last right. few years and uh, and and how it's it's become uh, more uh, more more commonplace and more accepted. Seemingly, we've had a couple of scandals in college <sighs> and, athletics,
1: and let's face it, one of the largest sponsors when you're when you're watching or listening to a game.
2: Right, so the, uh, so the NCAA uh, did a I'm, – I'm reading the, the AP article uh, here about it. The NCAA commissioned a, service, uh, a survey with opinion diagnostics, and they, uh, they, they checked with uh, over 3,500 uh, respondents, uh, people between the ages of 18 and 22 years old. And uh, let's see if I can get the exact numbers here. 58% of the respondents acknowledged having made at least one sports wager in the last year. Two out of three students living on college campuses said they were uh, sp- uh, avid sports gamblers and tend to bet at a higher frequency. Nearly half of the college students who responded to the poll said that they had placed a bet on their school's sports teams. Nearly a third of them have used a student bookmaker in the past. And Bill, what was the number? Oh, 6% of the respondents said that they've lost more than $500 in a single day wagering on sports.
1: That's one of every 16 students that they polled. One of every 16 students has lost at least $500 in a day which feels gambling.
2: I mean, maybe it's just because uh, I rarely had access to $500 when I was a college <laughs> student, Bill. Uh, but... <laughs>
1: But hey, it's but that, easy to yeah. lose five hundred even if you don't have it.
2: Yeah, I guess I guess so. I mean, <laughs> you, you don't have to have the money uh, to to lose the money, I suppose. But and the NCAA is going to commission a service, uh, survey later this year, polling just student athletes.
1: Yeah, about no, I,
2: about gambling. I know you. You're I, I'm a ske- of-
1: I am very skeptical of that because I don't care what the NCAA tells student athletes. Oh, this is completely anonymous. Uh, yeah. I still don't think they'll be honest. I still don't think the the student athletes who have who have placed a bet are all going to say, "Oh yeah, I've done know, that." And lost maybe, lost 500 or, or lost my NIL to, money. Yeah, maybe you need to
2: to poll people who are no longer student athletes who are very recently. Uh, I think student that's, athletes, that's probably so a mean, better
1: idea. Former student athletes.
2: Yeah, like very, but very recently, you know, yes. former student athletes. People who have graduated. Do the an
1: exit poll.
2: Yeah, because I, I think that the concern about uh, uh, how uh how honest and how much uh student athletes want to disclose about their own gambling habits is a fair thing to wonder about bill like how much how much even if you promise an an- uh, anonymity and even if you promise uh the uh you know no ramifications i wonder if you're going to get athletes, God, to, if they got the
1: real dance. numbers, if they got the real numbers, they, they'd come back and go, "Well, this is this is this is ridiculous." This we, need to,
2: we need to we need to we need we need to put a constitutional amendment or something if yeah. we get the real numbers. Like I, I you know, what, I wonder if the NCAA wants the real numbers, Bill.
1: Probably not. <laughs> Probably not. When you
2: hear when you hear that one in what, 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 what nearly
1: one in 16, yeah, One in sixteen one, students has lost five hundred dollars in a day yeah, on you, sports you, gambling.
2: You think the NCAA wants to know how many of those guys were athletes?
1: Yeah, good. I was I was really surprised at, at some of those numbers. I guess you know I'm 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 a little out of touch. I'm and, much older, and obviously. And
2: there and there are folks you know I've I've been hearing it. I, I don't. I mean I think we've had a caller or two pointed out too. But there are folks who are absolutely in, especially in basketball. They are concerned about will will the, the uh, growing acceptance and will the uh, you know the the increased visibility of gambling uh, will that start to impact. Uh, competition and could you start to see, uh, you know, could, could you could you start to see uh, uh, rule breaking and uh, mischief in the in the in the uh, with, with student athletes and especially basketball players uh, and and whether or not they could be manipulated into uh, into doing things that. I mean, we just saw it with Alabama baseball. Yeah, right? like you, you, just wonder. Well, the if... the opportunity,
1: um, yeah, the opportunities are there. That's and, what and, they have to be really. And that was, really and
2: that was about. a coach, right? I think people have always been more concerned about the, the athletes players. being the ones manipulated because you would think that they'd be. It would be easier to pull the strings financially of a student athlete than of a head coach making a six-figure salary. Uh, but if it's if it's happening in the coaching ranks, or if it's happened at least once in the coaching ranks, there's also sort of a. I think it's Iowa, Iowa, and Iowa State. Have have uh, have issues going on with with uh, student athletes having right. gambled multiple sports. Uh, yeah, so I mean, there, there's. I I wonder if this is going to be a scandal that we 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 start to hear about more often.
1: I I I am sure expecting more. I don't think that's the end of it. I think we'll definitely hear much more.
2: And, and not to make it. I mean, because it, it's. I'm pro NIL. Like I'm glad that we're not because I think if you didn't have NIL, it would only make it more attractive for. Uh, bad actors to try to manipulate student-athletes and, and things like that into, into gambling schemes, uh, but with NIL comes more disposable income and right. people with more disposable income might might think less of throwing a wager on a basketball game or a football game and it's, I don't know, it's going gonna, it's gonna to become a bigger story and I'm, uh, I'm glad the NCAA uh, did, the, did the work to put some real numbers out there as to how prevalent it is on college campuses.
1: I agree. Bill and Dan with you here on the Thursday Drive. We're halfway through. Love to hear from you, your thoughts on anything going on in the world of sports. We'll continue to keep you updated on what's going on in the SEC tournament, the uh, the baseball tournament. And uh, love your thoughts again on what do you think is going to come out of Destin next week? Because you know that that's going to be the question asked of Greg Sankey before they're done. What is, the, what is the format of future scheduling? Stick with us. Hour number two is coming up here on the Thursday Drive.
0: On table. ESPN 1067, WGZZ HD3 Waverly, and W294AR Auburn Opelika.
4: This is Sports Center.
5: i'm doug brown game five of the nba's eastern conference finals tonight in boston the celtics won game four to extend the series but they lost the first two games of this series at home and espn's vince carter says boston still needs work
0: they're gonna have to find a way and one
4: first and foremost they're gonna have to defend and take care of the basketball jason tatum played great but five turnovers he had he had half of their turnovers. And you can't have that, particularly if you don't play well at home.
5: Vince Carter on Get Up. Heat guard Gabe Vincent out for tonight's game with a left ankle sprain. He got hurt during the fourth quarter of Game 4. Vincent is averaging almost 18 points a game in this series. Our coverage of Game 5 starts at 8 Eastern here on ESPN Radio. Over on ESPN TV and ESPN Plus at 8 Eastern, it's Game 4 of the Stanley Cup playoff West Final in Dallas. The Golden Knights leading the Stars three games to none. The Jaguars signed kicker Brandon McManus, who was cut by the Broncos two days ago. He had been the last remaining player on Denver's roster from the Super Bowl 50 title team.
0: ESPN Radio is presented by Progressive Insurance. Progressive can help you protect your home, auto, boat, motorcycle, ATV and RV and more. And if something wasn't mentioned that you had in mind, find out if it can be covered at Progressive.com or 1-800-PROGRESSIVE. Because it probably can be. Welcome
1: in to hour number two of the Thursday Drive. Nice looking Thursday afternoon. I know for a lot of people it's it's the start of Memorial Day weekend. We've talked about this before. Thursday just feels like the start of the weekend anyway. And of course the uh, Memorial Day holiday being observed Monday. And we will not be on on Monday. There will be no drive on Monday. And we hope everybody has a you know a, a safe and and happy memorial and remembers you know what this is all about all the the men and women who have you know given the ultimate for us to be able to uh, to be here and and enjoy everything that we have bill and dan bill here in the studio dan a little under the weather today you still hanging in there
2: I'm powering through, Bill. I just didn't, you know, but with the and and not not to pull the curtain back on everything we got going off at the radio station, but I thought it was important at the moment not to come in.
1: I appreciate uh,
2: if, that. If I, if as I were does sick. Drew? Yes. Yeah, you and Drew and some other folks who work at the radio station too probably don't want to be around a very sick person or even a potentially and, and Tra- sick person Tracy, right
1: now. Tracy really would appreciate yeah. that.
2: So a couple of folks, a couple of folks at the radio station, I figure, you know, let's, let's uh, let technology uh, get me on the on the show today, might. Might step aside a little later because we're going to bring in Scott Bagwell uh, to talk about some stuff going on, Bill.
1: Oh, okay. That sounds good. We'll do that, yeah. uh, I believe, after the uh, first break. Yep. Yeah. So uh, let, let's go ahead and let you know that hour number two of The Drive brought to you by the good folks at the Orthopedic Clinic, East Alabama's go-to center for orthopedic care with locations in Auburn and Opelika on the web at OrthoClinic.com. Dot com. We'd love to hear from you, and you can call us on the Kia of Auburn hotline, Kia of Auburn, where you're always number one, and the number to get you through is 334-321-1390.
2: You can also text the show 334-564-1840 on the drive text box Open twenty four hours a day. If you're listening to the show on the podcast, throw a uh, you know throw throw us a message on the uh, on the text box, and Drew uh, will uh, will read it and, and relay it to us. If you got a question or a comment about the show, that's presented by Southeastern Industrial Contractors. They also sponsor the podcast which is available however you listen to podcasts.
1: In case you're uh, just joining us it's, uh, you know, and, and, and don't know what happened earlier today in the SEC baseball tournament, Auburn eliminated from the tournament uh, after a 7-4 loss to Alabama. Tigers played late into the night. Last night you had two 11-inning walk-offs. So everything was behind. The weather was not the problem yesterday. It was the length of the games. And Auburn actually started a little later last night than they had the night before and uh, fell to Vandy 6-4, a game where, uh, you know, the, the Auburn Auburn pitchers couldn't get the ball over the plate with consistency, something that had been a problem earlier this season for Auburn, but uh, really had not reared its head over the second half of SEC play. But eight walks last night uh strongly helped Vanderbilt, and Auburn also, I mean, Auburn hit three homers, uh, including number twenty-three from Bryson Ware, we'll we'll continue talking about him momentarily. Cole Foster with his second homer in as many days, and Chris Stanfield with a uh, with his third of the year. But uh, Auburn could not really mount any consistent consecutive hits for rallies, and they fell to Vandy six-four. So they had to turn around and play today. And we talked about it a little earlier. It's just the way it is when you're playing. Tournament baseball that uh, teams that lose but are not eliminated have to turn around and play the next day. And if you're playing the last game one day, the loser's bracket is going to be played before the winner's bracket. So Auburn had to turn around and be back at the ballpark. I'm assuming they were back out there. Uh, mid game between in in the opening game today between um, South Carolina and Texas A and M, so they were probably back at the ballpark at eleven after not getting back to the hotel and in their beds probably until two it, o'clock this you morning. Know,
2: you know what? If you, if the SEC only took the top eight, maybe playing a double elimination tournament at that point wouldn't be. It, it's it's just not so much baseball. But I wonder if this is the best format for getting. SEC teams at their best
1: next week, Bill. Right? right. Like, you, you, oh yeah, you're right because I mean, this does not really relate to what you're going to see because you're going to you're going to get three or four games. You don't have to have as deep a pitching staff uh, in the regionals and surely not in the super regionals as you do in a conference tournament with double elimination.
2: Yeah, and, and and I mean, between the format and the amount of baseball, like I just I just wonder if as special as the SEC tournament is. I wonder if with more teams coming and with the number of teams the SEC sends to the NCAA tournament every year, I wonder if, if some format changes not only are on the way but should be on the way for this, uh, for, for,
1: for this tournament. Well, how would you handle a, I mean, a 16-team? If you tried to go double elimination... You'd have, start
2: 16, Jan- you'd have to start
1: in January. Oh, man. Well, you'd, you'd need a week and a half. Uh, seriously, you'd need a full, a full week, which you don't have. Because the season ends, they already try to end the season on Saturday before they start the tournament on Tuesday. They'd have to say, okay, no midweek games. We're going to play Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, and then start on the following Monday or something. No, they're going to have to go. I think they're going to have to go signal elimination or just say, we're going to stick with the way it is and only 12 of the 16 teams make it.
2: I was going to suggest that second one there, Bill. I, I do wonder if maybe, in, in light of if, if they don't want to make changes to the tournament format, maybe they just keep the top twelve. And yeah. Even in a sixteen team league, the bottom four teams are not are not uh, invited to Hoover.
1: I'd much ra- I'd I'd much rather see just a single elimination sixteen team. I would. You know what? I let it well, play. We-
2: what we tossed out there the other day, um, the thought of you, you do a single elimination 16-team tournament, and then the final is a best of three. Sure. Um, to, to determine a champion that way and to get teams familiar with seeing the same opponent you know, twice in a row or, or because a lot of these, uh, you know, which, which would resemble uh, the format of a, of a regional or a super regional.
1: Yeah, I mean, the SEC tournament sort of resembles the College World Series. I mean, it's an eight-team double elimination, but uh, but, you, but you've got that prequel with the uh, play-ins, if you will, the first right. four being played the day before, and it really taxes teams that come from that first day. I mean, we'll see. You know, n- nobody, nobody from the first day won yesterday. All the winners yesterday were teams – that were fresh and playing their first game all the first night winners were uh, were then sent to the losers bracket south carolina texas a&m auburn and alabama
2: yeah i mean so so it's a um, I mean it's it's a tournament where you can you can pick up some momentum on the way uh to next week uh, it can also it, it can also uh disrupt the momentum that you maybe picked up over the course yeah, of it the yeah may final have done that for weeks. auburn yeah i mean and and hopefully i mean i think that that was a the way Auburn was playing, there was a concern because of the time between the final game of the regular season and the first game you play in the NCAA tournament. There was a chance that Auburn was going to have to work hard to carry over any of that momentum. Anyway, uh, now they've got a little more time to regroup and uh, they'll get to you know relax this weekend and, and then maybe uh, you know, maybe get some good news on Sunday night.
1: Yeah, that and uh, that's when word will come out on Sunday evening. 7.30, I believe, is when uh, social media and the ESPN scroll will release the 16 regional sites and hosts. And then uh, Monday at 11 o'clock, the entire field will be out there. Today, Auburn falls to Alabama 7-4. to Alabama with a, a run in the top of the, excuse me, bottom of the first. Auburn tied it in the second, but left the bases loaded. Sort of a sign of what was going to ha- continue through the game. Uh, Auburn did not was was unable to really uh produce with runners on base. Um Auburn didn't walk a lot of batters today. Last night against Vandy they walked eight, but today uh it was it was the other end of the spectrum. Auburn only struck out three Alabama batters while Auburn struck out 13 times leaving 11 men on base. So that was a a big factor for Auburn today is just uh, trying to get those clutch hits. Auburn, by the time the game was over, uh, in, in the ninth inning, Auburn had what they wanted. I mean, they had the tying run at the plate with one down, but a strikeout and a pop-up in the ball game, and Alabama moves on while Auburn, uh, you know, now comes home, going to take a break, and Butch Thompson said they're going to Go to the lake and try to recharge.
2: Yeah, felt felt like we were going to get a, a, a you know a, something special in that ninth inning, you know, with the way the, the way it was building up, and, mm-hmm. and I was hoping hoping for our guy Justin Kirby there, but uh, you know a tough at bat, and then the uh, and then the, the the final out of the game uh, for Alabama. But no, it's an Auburn team that has done they has been so impressive the way they've turned it around the set for you know the second half of conference play, and uh, now we're, we're going to get po- we're probably going to get postseason baseball in Auburn and last year that was a blast should be uh, should be a blast this year too.
1: Yeah, and speaking of turning things around, if there were a comeback player of the year in the Southeastern Conference uh or a turnaround player, it would be Bryson Ware. Yeah. Today setting the Auburn single season record with his 24th homer of the year, uh the uh, former record holder uh, Hunter Morris was was there today. He's on the Alabama staff, so he was in the other dugout. But I mean, you think of uh, some of the some of the guys: Josh Donaldson, Bo Jackson, Frank Thomas. <laughs> there there've been, and then Hunter had twenty three. I mean, uh, there have been some some guys that have serious pop that have come through. And Bryson Ware now stands at the top of the all time single season home run list. Yeah, what did uh, what did Sonny finish with? Last he had twenty one, I believe. Yeah, Son- last.
2: Sonny year. had twenty one. Yeah, I mean, Sonny had a great season as well. Somebody we got to talk to was uh, 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 Sonny and uh, and Hunter were both. Uh, yeah, we're, we're both among the, the twenty homer hitters in the, in the last few seasons for Auburn. Now Bryson uh, joins that list. What a season uh, he has had. We wondered uh, where the where the pop was going to come from in this lineup. The thunder, you know, wh- where was it going to come from? And and Bryson Ware answered that question uh, down the stretch.
1: Yeah, and what's crazy is uh, I think Auburn um was i don't remember if that was coming in or after day auburn had 78 home runs i think that was coming in they hit um they they hit any other homers today no that was the only home run today wasn't it was bryson's um yeah so so he had nearly a third of auburn's home runs i mean you got cooper mcmurray had 14 uh, uh cole foster i think had well either thirteen or fourteen himself, but those are the three guys in double figures but yeah what what a great year for Bryson where um you know a guy that a lot of you know, a lot of folks expected to um with some of the transfers that came in, thought that Bryson might be a guy that watched more than he played this year, but fabulous year for uh for the auburn third baseman
2: yeah what what a, what a season, and now we'll see uh, we'll see how the season ends as Auburn uh, gets ready to uh uh, gets ready to find out their, their fate in the postseason.
1: 334 321 1390. That is the Kia of Auburn hotline. We're going to check in with uh, Scott Bagwell here in uh, just a little bit, but uh, we'd love to hear from you. And again, the other thing we were talking about was the SEC meetings in Destin, spring meetings are next week. And uh, the topic that I that, you know, everyone wants to know is what is the format for College for, for the uh, for the SEC football going to be as far as scheduling, uh, I think I think it was uh, it felt like a pretty safe assumption that we were going to go to a nine game conference schedule with three permanent opponents and then rotating the other twelve teams six at a time, but it it sure seems that there has been quite a bit of pushback on that, and then lately Nick Saban has uh, not been happy. With the three teams that apparently were going to be Alabama's permanent opponents. And by the way, they're the three that I had projected before last season when Oklahoma and Texas were joining the SEC. Um, I just, you know, we, we sort of started speculating what it could be. Those were three that made sense. That was, of course, before Tennessee's uh, reemergence as a contender. And I think if you had given these three teams to Alabama a year ago, Nick Saban probably would have said, "Fine, let's do it." But now, after Tennessee's resurgence this past year and beating Alabama for the first time in so long, he's not crazy about that. We'd we'd love to hear your thoughts on that or anything else. We do have a call. Is it John? Scott. Scott. Oh, oh, oh! I tell you what. Well, you want it. let's let's get to, let's get to our our break. Dan, or are, are you uh you packing it in?
2: Yeah, I might, I might, uh, I might call it for the for the day. If you guys, uh, if if you think you can talk to Scott,
1: yeah, yeah, we can we can do that. I'll get his thoughts on that and and Auburn High and some other things as well. So uh, take care, big guy. Hope hope you get feeling better.
2: Yeah, appreciate it. Thanks for uh, th- thanks for bearing with me today. I'll talk to you guys soon.
1: All right. Yeah, because uh, I'm I'm hoping he's feeling better because because I, I wasn't going to be here tomorrow. <laughs> so so yeah, we're we're hoping for a quick recovery. We'll get to our first break. Of hour number two, come on in and join us here on the Thursday Drive.
0: The Drive continues continues, continues. continues. The Drive with Bill Cameron and Dan Peck on ESPN 1067. Online at ESPNAU.com. To be a part of the drive, call 334 321 1390 Toll-free at 888 382 7502 Or email the Drive at ESPNAU.com.
1: Welcome back into The Drive, 20 minutes after 5 o'clock here on this Thursday afternoon. Bill here in the studio with Drew. Dan was under the weather, but he Skyped in for the uh, first, you know, hour and a quarter here. And appreciate uh, him doing that. Uh, right now, we're going to head to the Kia of Auburn Hotline. Welcome in the, the voice of, of Auburn High School Athletics, and that is uh, Scott Bagwell. Scott, how are you doing today, man? Good. How about you, Bill? Uh, doing pretty well. I mean, a little bummed at uh, baseball late last night and today, but but what a run it has been here, you know, for the last uh, five or six weeks in in baseball for the uh, for the Tigers.
4: Yeah, uh, it's it's been a heck of a run. I remember um, talking going into the South Carolina weekend about you know the path to get to a regional, and that was to get in, not not even to host. Um, and I remember even talking, you know, going to the LSU weekend, okay, you know, still one here, and, and then and blah, 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 and you're in good shape. And, and then you win the series, you sweep the series, you sweep the series, and now all of a sudden you're like, oh, well now Auburn's in a good spot to host. It's been a, a crazy run. I'm interested in your thoughts on this, Bill, with the SEC kind of having a more straightforward standard double elimination tournament, what are your thoughts about, and, and i I say this because Auburn goes to two games that go till you know midnight, one close. o'clock in the morning. Yeah,
1: almost. Yeah.
4: ACC twelve teams get in, and they do the fourteen pod system, where everybody is guaranteed two games, but the most games you're going to play that weekend is four.
1: That would be so much better on your pitching staff than yeah. uh, than than what we've got and have had in the SEC
4: tournament. The other thing is, is it makes it to where your miracle run to steal a bid is now a lot more feasible because it's just four wins.
1: Yeah, well, what, I was wondering, what I've was what i been thinking about, what we've talked about a little bit is with Texas and Oklahoma coming in with 16, are you only going to let 12 make it? Or if you go with 16, man, a double elimination tournament with 16 teams it's impossible. Will, will take way too long.
4: I would almost say a 16-team single elimination. Single
1: elimination. I mean, and that would really allow a team to make – a run
4: yeah, I don't know. I think if you go sixteen, you might you might just say, Hey, we're keeping this thing at twelve, but if you want to go sixteen, I guess if you're okay with i don't i don't know I don't know how you make a sixteen team bracket make sense in
1: now, you you've got to go single elimination if you do that, and then that way yeah, you've got no more field. than four games for anybody
4: but yeah, but that's also five games in a day on the field,
1: oh, that's true.
4: And you're seeing, we're seeing how late four games are going and I'm trying to get down to three games in a day because that's the other thing with the ACC pod tournament it's three games in a day it's not the four
1: you'd have to you know what you'd have to do you'd have to find a place where there's two sites
4: so you go to Birmingham go to Hoover and then go to the the new park
1: yeah you do and, something and like then
4: that. You can do that then you, then so, you could have
1: you could have four games a day at two at two different sites
4: so yeah the football schedule I heard you talk about that's that that's the most you'd break. ever have to do that's going to have to be figured out, but you're also going to have to figure out with softball and baseball. Oh yeah, how the heck are you going to figure out the postseason tournament there?
1: Yeah, I'm. I'm really. I'm really concerned about the the football schedule. I really thought that that it was pretty simple. We were going to head to that nine game conference, uh, nine game conference schedule. You're going to play three permanent opponents. It yeah. looks more and more like. The 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 blowback, the resistance to it. Now that Nick Saban appears to be on that side because he doesn't like the three that Alabama's been dealt. Um, he didn't like
4: the fact you're not doing longer in Tennessee.
1: Yeah, well, I mean, they play those teams every year and have played those teams every yeah. year while they've been winning national titles
4: over the last dozen years. But you know the difference is that Tennessee. How many years since Nick Saban has got there in two thousand seven or two thousand six? How many years does Tennessee? I don't even want to say relevant because they've always been relevant. How how many times in that in that run have they been a
1: threat? Not since two thousand eight yeah. until last yeah, year, the
4: Lane year, um, when they should have beat them in nine. Yep, and last year.
1: Yep, that's right.
4: And so that that to him that changes everything. Um, I don't know if you want to stay divisions, somebody's got to move. Because Texas and Oklahoma are going to stay in the West, they're, and they're going to be together. So, who's going to the East?
1: Well, but you—if you go to—if you go to an eight-game schedule, it's going to be a one-seven thing. So
4: it's awful. Yeah. you have to go nine, bare minimum. I would think with sixteen teams in there,
1: and so you can't really have divisions. I mean, he's already Greg Sankey has already said it's going to be divisionless. Regardless of whether it's an eight-game or a nine-game schedule, it's going to be divisionless. But I I was thinking about this earlier. Not only would you lose Auburn, Georgia, Alabama, Tennessee, but that means means Texas cannot play Oklahoma and Texas A&M every year.
4: Ole Miss can't play
1: Mississippi State and LSU every year. Eventually
4: your your commissioner is going to have to look at these people and be like, sorry, there's certain games bigger than you. Here are the games that are going to be kept, and that's just the way that it is. Because there's going to be rivals that are going to be lost. I don't see any way that Auburn keeps Auburn-Georgia or Georgia and Bama. That
1: no, is there's no possible. way. I mean, you can't do it with an eight-game schedule, and uh, fans are not going to be happy. I mean, some will. Some will go, that's great. You know, I'm sick and tired of playing this. But a lot of fans are going to go, no, you can't. You can't lose that, that, that rivalry, sure. that series that you've had, and – there's no way. I just can't imagine ESPN taking this quietly.
4: Yeah. The other thing is, is um, yeah. There's there's certain games that are money games. Um, and they're going to basically force the issue. Um, there, you know, there are certain like Auburn. Just because we're here, Auburn has more than three rivals that you could say when Auburn is good. That's a money game. Oh yeah. So, uh, with LSU, Auburn-LSU, when both those teams are good, nuts, craziness happens there. It creates really good TV. Same thing with Bama and Georgia. And you could argue, even going back before then, that Auburn-Tennessee, Auburn-Florida are historic rivals that Auburn's already lost. And so fans have kind of been introduced to losing rivalries. It's going to be very, very weird for fans and and, and maybe even issues if they all of a sudden are now down to just one rival per year.
1: Yeah, well, that's going to come out next week. Uh, I mean, Greg Sankey had said that he wanted this to be done before the SEC meetings. I don't see any way that it is. They're going to get yep. down there, and and all the media that's down there covering it, that's what they're going to want to know. All right, what's the format going to be? And Texas and Oklahoma are represented. They have an equal vote at
4: the uh, yep. meetings
1: down in Destin as well.
4: Yeah, I just think if this is going to be like a 5 o'clock on a Friday news dump. Yeah, here you go. Release it. I'll talk to y'all in a week.
1: <laughs> I'm on vacation. I'm off yeah. to like some some place where I'm unreachable. Hey, before we before we run out of time, want to get just uh, an update on on Auburn High Athletics as as the uh, school year coming to a close?
4: Yeah, and you know that that senior class is they're graduating tonight. Um, and first off, congratulations to to all the students there, and of course the athletes that we covered. Um, it was another great year as far as athletics go. So a lot of teams playing for state championships. Ch- championships won. Um, you know, the football team, it's the winningest class in Auburn High School football history that wow. they're graduating. Um, they played for stu- two state champions, two state championships, and the one that got away um, uh, back in their sophomore year when they had to go through COVID and all that and, and should have had the win against Thompson. Mm-hmm. Then played another Final Four, then played for a state championship. Baseball team. They have some seniors that are graduating this year that have won won the state championship a year ago. Of course, basketball, softball, so many other uh, track and field, tennis, all golf. All of them have had a whole bunch of success um, this year in the last couple of years. And uh, yeah, it wrapped up uh, in the last week or so, um, and it was uh, it was another very very good uh, athletic year for Albert Hines. Kind of weird that in a couple of weeks it's all going to start over again and the fall sports are going to start to get ready with their summer workouts.
1: Oh yeah, that that's the way it is. I mean, what's your your early take? I mean, what what an outstanding athletics program Auburn High has has had over the years. I mean, what's your your early uh, outlook, your prognosis for for the uh, 23-24 school year?
4: Well, yeah, starting with football, that's the big one. Auburn's got to replace a bunch of guys, you know, quarterback, receiver, defense, Um, but luckily for Auburn, they, you know, that's what spring football's for. Uh, they got a chance to throw guys out there, see some holes and see what they need to adjust. Um, feel good at quarterback, feel good at receiver, um, feel good at a couple of defensive spots, uh, where some guys have taken some step up into some leadership roles. But, um, you know, you play in one of the toughest regions in the state, which is only going to get tougher because Opelika is going to be so good this year. Central is going to be good. um, it's going to be a fun fall but uh it's a, this junior class that is to be seniors has a bunch of really strong players across the board and a bunch of different sports and um you know when you're the biggest school in the state uh, it's almost kind of a uh an opportunity not a guarantee but to, to reload and uh to be in the mix for area and region championships and get a chance to go play in the playoffs. That's
1: great. I mean, it's it's uh there's a little pressure, but it's it's great that the expectations I think are realistic. I mean, that you're going to be competing for uh, uh not just area but I mean state titles in multiple sports.
4: Yeah, and and uh, so many of them, so many of the teams have an opportunity to get into the playoffs and as we say so often, you can't you can't make the run if you don't get into the playoffs. And mm-hmm. so many sports here have the opportunity to get to the playoffs. And, um, and, and we've seen from different schools how tough that can be. You know, you have an off week or, or something like oh, that. Oh, yeah. All in this
1: area, no question about it. I mean, that's, that's a big hurdle to be cleared just to advance.
4: Yeah. And, and Auburn has done a really good job last couple of years. I would say in the last, you know, five to 10 years, the, the, the athletic program has taken a massive step. And become one of the top, if not the top, athletics program in the state. And uh, it's a lot of credit to the coaches, but more credit to the players who put in all the all the uh, the work, especially in the what you don't see. Like if you're a fall volleyball, football, all that player, all the work that goes in in the summer, which is as weird as it sounds, it's going to start in like two weeks. Like graduation is today, but. June's going to hit, and all of a sudden those workouts are going
1: to start. Yeah, it flies, man. It it really does. Hey, I know you've got to run here in a couple minutes. I I, I meant to ask you this earlier today. Uh, that was you walking walking a dog down Annalee a couple of yes. days ago, wasn't it? Did you notice us yes, so. passing you by? Uh, that was the day the day my car was was acting up. Uh, I had to follow Scott. Scott was following me, or I was following him out to Franklin. And I thought I thought that was you as as we drove by. So okay.
4: Wow. Uh. Normally, I got the headphones in. Uh, There was somebody who drove that, honked the horn. If that was you, then I saw the car take off.
1: Yeah, well, that that was Uh, Scott, uh, but uh, I I was in the uh, other car. Yeah.
4: (laughs) No, I walked the uh, I walked the the little uh, gold doodle uh, up and down Annalou. Yeah. Most most afternoons. There you go.
1: All right, Scott. Hey man, thanks uh, thanks for joining me for a few minutes. Uh, uh, Appreciate it, and uh, we'll talk again before too long. Yep,
4: y'all
1: have a good one. All right, Scott Bagwell joining me here on the Thursday Drive. Need to get to the bottom of the hour break. Love for you to join in. Anything on your mind here in the final 25 minutes or so, come on in.
0: up some more yardage on The Drive. The Drive with Bill Cameron and Dan Peck on ESPN 1067 and online at ESPNAU.com. To be a part of The Drive, call 334-321-1390. Toll free at 888-382-7502 or email The Drive at ESPNAU.com.
1: Welcome back into The Drive. Final 20 minutes or so here on this Oh my, that had to hurt on this Thursday. Paul Skeen's on the mound for LSU just to hit a Razorback batter, but fortunately it was on the elbow pad. I mean, that would have hurt pretty bad. This guy throws um, right at triple digits and he does it for the entire time he's in there. Oh, it just caught the bottom, the sort of the hanging piece on his elbow pad. So it didn't even hit him. So he's very fortunate there. LSU leading Arkansas 2-0. That in the bottom of the fourth in the first winner's bracket game of the day at the SEC Tournament. Vandy in Florida will play tonight's final game. And the way things are moving today, it doesn't look like it's going to be as late as the uh, final game has been the last two nights involving Auburn, they've been starting. You know, Auburn's been starting around 9:30. It was 9:40 or something when it started last night. Earlier today, uh, uh, Texas A&M eliminated South Carolina in the first game of the losers bracket. The uh, 10 seed Aggies five nothing over South Carolina, who may have seen their chances of being a regional host. Um Drop that, that that may that may be gone they were the uh, projected to be the fifteen c by d one baseball before the game today. second game Alabama knocking off Auburn seven to four mentioned Bryson Ware with his uh, auburn all time record for a single season and home runs his twenty fourth home run today, passing Hunter Morris, who had twenty three we were talking about that let 's see Auburn had had. Uh, eight players who had hit 20 or more home runs well eight times because uh, you do see Josh Etheridge and Todd Faulkner on the list twice but uh, Hunter Morris with 23 in 2010 Sonny Shera actually had 22 last year tied for second all-time with Brian Fletcher in 2010 and Todd Faulkner in 2000 Josh Etheridge in 98 Frank Thomas In 87 with 21. Then Etheridge and Faulkner. uh, Had each hit 20. Josh in 97. Faulkner in 98. The other two guys on the top 10. uh, Single season list. Now tied for 10th. Are Joseph Sanders in 2009. And Frank Thomas in 89. Bo Jackson's. uh, Single season best was 17. That was an awful lot back then. I mean when Bo did that. Uh, I believe he had tied the Auburn single season record back then, but uh, yeah, congratulations to um, to Auburn on the outstanding season and Bryson Ware for his twenty fourth home run three three four three two one thirteen ninety. That is the Kia of Auburn hotline. I was about to start talking a little football and transfer portal, but let's get to the Kia of Auburn hotline. And John is up next. Hey, John.
4: Hey, Bill. Hey, I heard your comments about uh, Coach Staben.
1: Um, You know, he's not the only coach in the Southeastern Conference. If he's unhappy, so what? guy seems like just a bully and a whiner. And my question to you is, do you think um, Greg Sankey will actually have the guts to stand up to him? And
4: should we also not maybe consider like a 10 or maybe even 11-game Southeastern Conference schedule if you're going to 16, 16 teams just to make sure maybe you get to play every
1: team every couple years? That's really my only question. Well, the, uh, the so. nine uh, appreciate the call, John. The nine works. I mean, the eight can work where you'll play everybody at least every other year. The way you do it with eight with an eight game conference schedule, though, is you can only play one team every year. And that's the biggest problem there because you lose not only Auburn, Georgia, you lose Alabama, Tennessee, you lose. I mean, okay, so, so I guess Georgia and Georgia gets Florida. That means Georgia and Tennessee or Florida and Tennessee can't play every year. They'd be playing every other year. Uh, I was thinking about, you know, Ole Miss can't play Mississippi state and LSU, uh, Texas, Texas can't play Oklahoma and Texas A&M every single year. There are just too many good games and rivalries um that, that you're going to lose and and again I can't imagine ESPN taking this well with the money that they're that they're shelling out to get the southeastern conference they want those yearly huge matchups can you imagine I mean uh, I guess they have to keep Georgia Florida Uh, so, I mean, that would, that would have to be Georgia's, Georgia's every year opponent. Uh, Auburn, Auburn and Alabama would stay. What, what does Tennessee get? If that's the case, who's Tennessee? Tennessee, Kentucky? Is that going to be as marquee a game for ESPN? That's the only game you get on a yearly basis. You only get the Alabama, Tennessee game every other year. You only get the Auburn, Georgia game every other year. You only get Alabama, LSU every other year. That's, that's ridiculous, but that's what you'll get if you go to an eight-game schedule. The nine-game schedule, which, as I said, we talked about this, Nick Saban really was the only one talking about wanting a nine-game conference schedule a few years ago when when Alabama was head and shoulders above everyone else in the league. He wanted a nine-game conference schedule. Look, the the Big 10, the Pac-12 have been playing nine game conference schedules and now the Big 12 when they went to 10 teams they played a nine the SEC was you know saying well they didn't need to play that because they were the best league and and besides a loss could hurt you getting into first the two team or then the four team playoff well now with the playoffs expanding to 12 it's not that big a deal to lose a game early in the season, if you, especially if you have marquee matchups. If you go to a three-six, which which just makes more sense because every SEC team has three teams that their fan base wants to see them beat. They want to see them play. Uh, now, I, I mean, I know there are a lot of Auburn fans that that say they're sick and tired of playing Georgia, but do you really want to lose the, the longest running series in the South, in the deep South? I you know if if you could if you could be competitive with them hey it's it's not Georgia's fault it's it's Auburn's fault that they haven't been as competitive and I think Hugh Freeze is is uh doing everything he can to try to get Auburn as competitive as they can with everybody but I don't think Auburn backs away from playing Alabama and Georgia they've been doing it every year and used to play Alabama, Georgia and Florida to end the season every year that didn't seem to uh be a problem for anybody else, but now uh, I understand that some of the the teams that uh, aren't used or are haven't been perennial contenders for division titles, much less conference championships, don't want an extra conference game for a couple of reasons. One, you lose a home game every other year. One year you're playing four four home conference games, uh, the next year you're playing five. Then you have to find somebody else to come in and, and play that. And, and yes, it, it hurts in the pocketbook. But, look, you're getting so much for being in this league and for playing the other teams in this league that that's, that's not a good excuse. The, the reasoning has been because they want to schedule somebody they know they can beat so they can get to six wins and be bowl eligible. I mean, the bowls may not uh, – they're not nearly as exciting as they used to be. There's no way around that, but it's still – um, that that extra time uh i I wish some things could be done about that to try to make bowls a little more inviting enticing, or desirable but let 's face it if you if you get that extra conference game, it makes it much better you you 're able to keep the the big games that you want on your seat on your on your schedule every year uh and then you just you play three teams every year, and you have 12 other teams in the league, you play six of them on either a two-year home and away or six of them at home one year, the other six at home the next year while you're rotating, uh, excuse me, home and away. Uh, You're you're rotating six teams either on a two-year basis or every other year, and that's how you get. I mean, so there are ways to do it. Um, I don't know if you'd be able to do it. I'm trying to think of a 10 with 16 teams. Ooh, four and uh, that, that would only, that would leave you, yeah, you, no, I don't, I don't know how you'd be able to do it with a 10. You can do it with an eight and a nine. There's probably a way to do it with a 10. You're not going to get to a 10-game conference schedule. It was great uh, that we were able to do that because we had to back in COVID in 2020, But uh, but it's either going to be eight or nine. Uh, and and I think most fans, if you really want to be honest about it, would prefer the three six to keep some long time rivalries or just you know teams that you that you like playing every year on the schedule. Love to hear from you on that. Uh, need to get to our final break. Arkansas has tied it up with L- LSU off. Perhaps the top pitcher that's going to go in the Major League Draft, Paul Skeens. So Arkansas with two runs in, and they're threatening for more as Skeens pours in a 99-mile-an-hour fastball. Yeah, he's got great stuff. He looked unhittable when we saw him at Auburn. But Arkansas has managed two and threatening for more. First and second, just one down in the bottom of the fourth there in the SEC tournament. We'll get to our final break here on this Thursday. Stick with me here on the Thursday Drive Welcome back in. Final few minutes of The Drive here on this Thursday afternoon. Again, a reminder, no drive on Monday. That's Memorial Day. None of the, none of the uh, local shows uh, here on ESPN 106.7 will be live on Monday. Um, but but one thing I wanted to uh, uh, update you or remind you of. I mean, uh, we, we've talked a good bit of baseball, and uh, uh, just want to let you know that right here on ESPN 1067, you get to hear the Braves this weekend as they host the Phillies. Braves salvaged a game yesterday against the Dodgers. They opened a series against the Phillies uh, tonight. I believe Dylan Dodd is going to get the start for the Braves tonight. Aaron Nola, talking about speaking of LSU guy, you know, we're talking about LSU in Arkansas uh Arkansas continuing i mean still one out bases loaded so they're really um making you know making a little noise against Paul Skeens uh who is the you know the the outstanding uh pitcher who may be the number 1 pick in the major league draft if his teammate Dylan Cruz isn't but um uh the Braves and the Phils this weekend and uh, you can you can hear Saturday's game right here on ESPN 106.7. That's a 2.30 start. And then Sunday, uh, pregame at 5 o'clock for Sunday Night Baseball. Just part of everything you can hear. I believe you've got uh, Game 5 of the, uh, the NBA Eastern Division Finals tonight coming up as well. So uh, a lot of action coming up here on ESPN 106.7. But there will be no drive on on Monday, and now tomorrow. Uh, hopefully, Dan. Hopefully, Dan feeling better. Justin Ferguson will be in the studio tomorrow. Uh, I, I had planned on uh, being off tomorrow, but we will uh, we will see. The show will go on though uh, tomorrow, and I'm sure Justin will talk a good bit. Be great to to get Justin's thoughts, sort of recapping, sort of the the transfer portaling. In both football and basketball basketball i mean Auburn's still waiting and a lot of teams are waiting because next wednesday is the deadline for players to withdraw from the nba draft and auburn i mean let's face it the 23-24 basketball season may may uh may well hinge on the decision by janai broom um because you know we'd heard that he, he has some opportunities. just saw uh, in the last couple of days alabama 's Charles Bediako staying in and looking like he 's working on a two way de- uh, working on some two way deals so that 's going to be very critical to Auburn in the meantime. Bruce Pearl and staff are looking for some more help on the inside, uh, regardless of whether Jena is back or not but man it 's a lot different uh, if he is than, than if he 's not but justin will will talk about. You know how the roster stands, and some possibilities there with basketball and football, because in football uh, it's been pretty much uh, an even as far as the numbers. I'm talking the number of players, but boy, the numbers when you look at experience, snaps, um, yards, uh, just the the statistics are overwhelmingly. in favor of the incoming transfers as as to the outgoing the number is 20 left 20 that that came in but yeah just, no nobody better than uh, Justin Ferguson tomorrow to take a look at the um the results the overall results and uh, you know and where auburn stands now i think most people would tell you yes the the floor and ceiling have both raised dramatically from where it was before Hugh Freeze came in, despite uh, and and maybe if if you need some uh, some some uh, fill time, uh, you you can read ESPN's article on Brian Harson who is who is thriving without football. He says right now, yeah, whatever. All right, I think I'll probably talk to you again on Tuesday, but the show will be on tomorrow. So so stay tuned for that. We're out of time here on the Thursday Drive. Have a good one, everybody. We are out of here.